It's Cofield and Company. No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy. The man has unstoppable energy. Steve Cofield. We like Steve. <laughs> but we don't love Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. And we know it because we feel it in our bones. Right, here we go. Five o'clock hour. Westgate Superbook USA Superbook Sports is the spot. We're checking out all the games. This is awesome, man. This is awesome. Uh, a year ago, things just sucked into his head toward uh, even more suckyville. John Von Tobel is alongside. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota Studios. Before we get to the Big Five, we'll get you updated on the games going on right now. Wow. Four seeded Purdue getting ripped by North Texas, 27 to 18. Four minutes again. Four minutes. Four minutes. Four minutes left in the first half. Liberty and Oklahoma State, four against a 13. It's tied at 39 with 13 and a half. Kate Cunningham, show up, bro. You're supposed to be an NBA player. Minutes left. I saw some of that on social media, people getting after him. Uh, Just before the half, a number two. By the way, Ohio State, a two, is already out. Earl Roberts took them out, so Ohio State out. He gone. Cougars, 33-26 against Cleveland State. Dennis Gates, a very hot name for multiple jobs. Including UNLV. Possibly, but a uh, <laughs> very hot name for Minnesota in the Big Ten. Indiana should be looking at him as well. So seven-point game there. So uh, before we get out of here, we're going to have some drama, I think, down the stretch. Now, a game I expected to be kind of close. Right now it's not. It was actually one of my favorite plays of the first round because I bet it on Sunday when the number came out. Wisconsin and North Carolina. My breakdown of this game was North Carolina is big. Like, they, they're, they're able to maul people, play, you know, aggressive on the glass. I don't think they're a great shooting team. Just kind of chuck it up on the glass and get, you know, just go brutalize the other side because they got like four guys in the rotation who are 6'8", six, 6'9", six, or bigger and like big guys. Well, I said it on Monday, Wisconsin has big guys. Wisconsin's front line is 6'8", 6'11", 6'11". The difference is all three guys who play a lot of time for Wisconsin are also stretch el- or have the stretch element so they can go outside and shoot threes. Well, they're killing them. Wisconsin's up 40-24. to 24. Uh, they were getting points in this matchup. And it's actually, you know, the funny thing, it's actually Micah Potter is a good big man. He's got seven. Uh, Trice and Davidson have 26 combined. And uh, the three ball hasn't, well, I mean, that's pretty good. Six of 14 in the first half is pretty good. So they're shooting 43%. And Carolina's just having trouble keeping up. And, you know, as big as they are, they're actually, they're still getting out rebounded. And uh, as I call him out, Kate Cunningham not only hits a step back three, but then on a turnover in the ensuing possession and transition, <laughs> finds a guy that draws a foul, and uh, Okie State's on the free throw line up by four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Uh, now, outside of the show, <laughs> none of us, none of us talk to each other. We have no idea what's going on in anyone else's lives. Um, I don't care. I just yeah. every once in a while, group chat that you never respond to. John, how's your daughter doing? My son's doing great. I mean, that's an example. I have, I have no idea. I just know you have a kid. You got me excited though. It's like, man, my, <laughs> are we pregnant? I Ari is somewhere between 29 and 54 years old. Uh, I, 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 I still I don't, don't, I don't know, know how old Ari is. I don't, I don't know. He's 30 going on 13, dude. He uh, he was all you know. It was great. He actually was trying to have conversation uh, like a week ago. He uh, he texted me about like. Some car deal he was getting and a whole thing. And I'm just like, I don't have time to read this. So he may have gotten a new car. 
He may be without a car. He may have crashed it. He may be, you know, ride I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't ask. I don't care. Ari looks like he's 13. <laughs> so, that. so uh, I guess as it turns out, we all sent messages over today that uh, the vaccine is in all of us. Yeah. I went, yeah, I think, you went I, yesterday? I, I think we all got it yesterday. Where did you go to Cashman? Where did you go? I went to Cashman. Yeah, so did I. It went early in the morning, about 10 o'clock. Um, so, Bill Gates, you got me. Your microchip is inside of me. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I will say. What do you think of the, what do you think of the experience? It was insanely efficient. Yep. It was great. Everybody was friendly. Oh, yeah. And, you know, being a person with a son, and, you know, me and my wife both wanted to get vaccinated. Uh, so, we took him with us. He, oh, and wow. he was just in line with us, you know, walking around. It was great, man. It was an insanely efficient process. And granted, they're all just trying to take us out with this vaccine. So I think they just want to get us in and out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Inject us with us with those microchips. But I, I, I had a wonderful experience. Wonderful. Other than the needle and the pain and that kind of stuff. Wait, what? Well, I, so, I mean, it doesn't really hurt that bad. But I guess, like, one of the side effects was, like, arm pain or something like that. That sure. popped up a little bit late last night. Uh, I started coughing up blood and all that stuff, and then, you know. Wait, <laughs> the, wait the second part? You're making that up. Yes, I, I'm okay. making that up, yes. The needle. The needle guy. Like, look, what's, I'm not. What's the issue? So I'm not an anti-shot guy. I take shots really well. You know, it doesn't. it's not necessarily something that's ever freaked me out, except when I was, like, seven. And I had to get, dude, I had to get two shots, one in each butt cheek when I was seven. I don't remember what it was for. But I remember I was terrified, and it was very painful. Um, that was the only time it really freaked out. But the needle's like two inches long. I haven't gotten a shot in a really long time, but it was a really long needle. I never looked at the needle. It, I was like, like the, the the gentleman told me to turn sideways away from him, put up the left gun. You know, I flexed for him. It was impressive. Um, he was like, he, wow. He, he found a good spot. He's like, wow, there's a lot of fat. He's on like, I arm. don't even want to give you an injection. <laughs> yeah. This arm is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> or he was like. Wow, this is, you're a really fat guy. Why am I trying to <laughs> save you from COVID? Just deal with it. I should brother. probably just put this in your like, in your jugular yeah, vein. Yeah, you've shown you, you've shown you don't care. So what, what's the point? No, but uh, actually, I thought I thought the shot was ridiculous in terms of I didn't feel it. Like it was the slightest pinch ever. I'm like that was cool. And like you said um, last night, it it felt for like an hour or two that I got punched hard in the arm. Right. Um, beyond that, nothing. Now, as it turns out. I, uh, I assume the eternal lockdowner, Ari, would be the last one to get the shot. Uh, he also got it yesterday. Yep, just here living my life on my own, not worried about other people, taking care of myself. Yeah, don't delve into any personal business with Ari. He'll get all worked up. That's right. Um, how was it for you? Where'd you go? I actually, I went to UNLV. I wholeheartedly agree with every everything John just said and then what you just said, too. Um, it was, yeah, it was efficient. They were really nice, quick. <laughs> I was 10 minutes late and I was like busting my butt like, oh, this is terrible. I'm an idiot. Like someone else deserves this vaccine, not me. And she was like, yeah, no problem. And I, I think it was like 30 minutes from from me walking in my car and from me pulling away. It was like wow, 30 minutes that. total. Did you uh, did you actually were you responsible? And did they have the waiting area where they asked you to wait 15 minutes before you left? Oh, yeah, I did. Well, is that why people don't do that? Is, uh, is that I, a, I have a feeling. Either. I have a feeling half the people are like, "Screw that!" Did you uh, leave I right away? I think I'm talking to one of them right now. Then no, I hadn't heard of such a thing. I, I sat down. It was very pleasant, chill. Uh, I did some show prep. Uh, talked to one of the doctors there, or, or I'm not sure, nurse. Um, and that was it. Yeah. Next thing you know, it was a couple minutes later, and 
How's that? John, John, John's is like all feeling all mischievous. Well, you just walk you, out. Well, because you made me laugh because you quoted me. My my wife goes, she told us to sit down. I go, nah, screw that, we're fine. Yeah, <laughs> we I, knew, I knew it. Down. I knew it. <laughs> oh man, what's well, like? I mean, come on, daylight's burning up. I had to get to the circuit to record some stuff. It's I got things to do. The minutes. Va- the vaccine's gonna take me out. It's gonna take me out. Now I was driving my entire family, so it's probably not the safest choice. But we're good. I'm here. I sat there. I counted it. I sat there 16 minutes. I'm like, I'm doing the right thing. I follow rules. I follow rules. And I'm old, so I didn't want to like keel over. You know, I want to make sure this thing was, was working okay. I have no worries. I thought it was cool. I wasn't afraid going there. I'm not worried about it afterwards. John's like kind of conspiratorial. Are you okay? Me? Yeah. I, I mean, mean you're, you're making the jokes about the, the chip, but were you worried before you went there? Well, uh, about the microchip somewhat, but then I realized Stop. like all of my stuff, you know, is on the internet and I mean, what's their, what are they going to do? Like, man, this guy eats a lot of pizza. Like, you know the the Russians have everything already. Right. Um, so no, but I, in all seriousness, TikTok. you know, I, I there is, at least for me and my wife, there was some trepidation in, in the months leading up to this about getting a vaccine that seemed very relatively quick, right, to be produced and produced at such a high level uh, for a disease that seemed to catch us by surprise and we didn't really know what was happening. And so there was some worry in, what am I getting put into my body at this point right now? Like, you know, even for, like for me, and I don't want to go too personal, like this isn't anything crazy, but, uh, you know, I have I have topical dermatitis, right? And so I take a steroid for that. And the lady told me, like, well, you might not have the same reaction. We haven't researched enough yet. And, and there's things like that for yeah, a lot yeah, of, of people, you know? Yeah. And, and for me, understanding the risks of my medicine that I take and understanding that it's really not that big of a deal, I was comfortable doing it. But there is still some sort of like, you know, this isn't just a yearly flu shot. You know, it's just something different, something new that was made in the last six months that I think a lot of people do have some worry about. And that was me for a little bit, but I felt comfortable taking checking, you know, taking a leap. I, I assume Ari's worried. He's always worried. I don't have really too much conspiracy. It is what it is at this point. I don't want to get COVID. Um, I'm sure there's there's a lot more to it than we might know. It is a weird timeline. I will agree with that. But, yeah, um, yeah, it's fine. And, and if you're mad listening to this and you're not eligible, I'm sorry. I don't understand why you're not eligible. Um, I, I'm i not even sure why we were eligible, but we were being in the communications biz. And, I, like, the SO actually works in a salon. And, I mean, she's around people. Yeah. Like they're touching people and she's still not eligible. So I, I, I'm sorry if you're mad that we got it. Uh, I am old though. So I was, I was pretty close anyway. Uh, John, I, he's a young guy. Well, and but, I, he, I, but, but he got in, he got in before you did. Well, I don't, Listener, I don't want to damn like, him. This is a very long topic, Yeah. but like, I was kind of surprised when I was signing up for this, like one of the, and I just, I saw a report, you know, by, I think, is it, is it April 6th? I think it's going to be widely available yeah. to everybody 16 or older. But, like, the, the parameters, like, there's so many boxes that you can check. Go like, check. one of them was just, like, healthy adult over 18. And yeah, I was go, like, go, go check. Everyone go check. You're, right. you're probably you're going to get in, and it wasn't that crowded. They wanted um, and that. And, I didn't, like, I didn't think the check-in process was, like, hardcore. Like, where, where's the ID? Where's the pay stub? I need proof. Right. They, they got plenty of doses. So go try it sooner than later. Because uh, for the three of us, it was, it was pretty good. Hopefully we're all here with you on Monday. That's right. Number four. Joey B flips the switch. The microchips get activated, and he has control over my brain. My God. My God. This is going to happen? Could Lonzo Ball come back to L.A., his home area, play for the Clippers, and I hope it's multiple years, and show the Lakers that he was not the guy to be trading? There are rumors out there that Lonzo Ball could be going back to L.A. Clippers are interested. Um, so one, there's a lot. There's a lot here. 
Um, the Clippers desperately need a point guard, and this would be a pretty solid oh. addition. Oh. He's a shooter. He's got a good attack off the bounce game. He can he can pass. Yeah, I I would love the addition for him as a Clippers fan. But your point, the added dynamic of him going across the hall. Yep. And being an awesome player for the Clippers for like the next 10 years would be so freaking cool because there was obviously we remember right the massive conversation around the whole the four youngsters and who would you trade and who do you want to keep and I remember it, the whole oh you got to keep Kuzma gotta keep Kuzma yep. and I remember even thing we had these conversations on this show like I'm not so sure that's really the case that you just want to keep Kuzma Kuzma's evolved into an okay player he's been like a 33 percent shooter. Right, since all of this went down, he's a fine guy, you know, off the bench. But I think it's kind of safe to say that the Pelicans got the better of the young core, and Lonzo's awesome. You know, the reason why he's in this position is because the Pelicans suck, so they're trying to get something to build around Zion. I would love it. I would love everything about it from an anecdotal standpoint, from a basketball standpoint. I think it'd be great. You, uh, you love numbers. Is is his improvement backed up by the numbers? Oh, yeah, like it's a shooter, 100%. Actually, I was, I'm pulling this up right now because, you know, when he, his last year with the Lakers, he was about a 33% shooter, and then he had that his year last year, right, uh, where he was a 38% three-point shooter, and there was a lot of questions about, hey, is this going to stick? Because remember, at the beginning of the year, he was really bad from beyond the arc, and then he really started to turn things around. This is now two consecutive years in which he has shown his shooting is real. 38% last year, 39% this year, and we're talking about more attempts too. He's already got 288 this year, 385 last year. Like the sample sizes are larger and the percentage is going up. Like it's a real improvement. Uh, I also want to mention his brother. I've never been more right in an NBA draft than I was with LaMelo Ball. Ever. Yeah. I've done this forever. Come on. I told everyone for a year the Warriors have to take LaMelo Ball. Yeah. Can you imagine how good that organization would feel? Like, as he's like the next star in waiting. I mean, listen, they, they uh, you know, they didn't play great as a team against the Lakers, but he he certainly looked up up to the task at 20 years old, whatever. He's 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Oh, LaMelo? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And look, like the team, I, like I love the Hornets. I, you know, I have a bet on their win total over, and I, I watch them uh, maybe the most out of any team outside of Brooklyn this year. Um, they were a really good young team. They have their flaws. That's why they get beat up by relatively good teams. But he's been freaking awesome, man. Like, he is. And we talk about, again, we go back to that uh, the um, most improved player prop and how big of a deal it is to have an odds-on favorite in a category like that. LaMelo Ball is the odds-on favorite to win Rookie of the Year, and that is accurate. Like, Woo! that is what it should be. Love it. Top three. Number three. So, John, you sent over a story. You were talking about stool and... The NCAA tournament. What's going on? Oh, like I was like, I sent a, I sent a story about stools. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, so it looks like Leonard Hamilton uh, is going to coach Florida State. He's got an Achilles injury. Oh, no. So Hamilton said on Monday that he hurt himself Sunday. He misjudged to the height of a step while walking off of the bus. Initially, he thought it was a strained wrist and ankle, so it sounds like he fell, like, hard. Uh, but ultimately, it sounds like he ruptured his Achilles. But he was uh, quoted by the Tallahassee Democrat saying, quote, listen, if this is the only issue I'm going to have in life, I'm going to have a great life. I've never been injured and I ruptured my Achilles. I'm fine. A spokesperson said he's walking on his own and will coach as scheduled when you or FSU plays UNC Greensboro on Saturday. I want another coach on a stool on the sideline and like a rolly stool, like the one you find in your doctor's office. Right. 
uh, because it was Georgia State a couple years ago. I can't remember the uh, the name of the head coach. Ron Hunter. Yeah, Ron Hunter. With, with, his, his, son, with yeah. his son on the team. And, the, yep. and then the story became a real story because it, there was real dramatic play, and he was, like, freaking falling off the stool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly why, because his son made a massive three-point shot down the yep. stretch. Now, the thing that sucks is Leonard Hamilton, he can walk. All right. <laughs> now, <laughs> that sounds terrible, but I kind of wish he had ruptured it to the point where he was going to be coaching on a stool because you know, that would have been entertaining. Okay. Well, just for your – sorry about your entertainment wishes and desires. Um, I have to say, well, first of all, the SO is laid up right now with a snapped ankle. That's right. Right? And and it ain't easy, right? It sucks. Being cheesy. I cannot imagine being like 70 years old. Are you serious? I gotta. I have to go through a freaking ruptured Achilles yeah. at this age. It's gonna, that uh, sucks. I I think I'd pull a Ronnie lot. I'd just be like, just cut it off. <laughs> like I uh, only got like 15 years left on this planet at the most. Just cut it off. I also shot a little short there. He's 72 years old, Leonard Hamilton. Wow, he looks great for he 72. Did, he did, you know, what? I I always think that. I'm like, how old is he? Like right. we were. By the way, we were talking about Bill Walton earlier in the show. You guys said he was. How old did you say he was? He's 68. He looks like he's 70. He looks like he's like 74. Hunter Hamilton looks incredible. Freaking Achilles. I don't want to move quickly in any direction anymore. Scares the hell out of me. Oh, dude. You know, I've been trying to, you know, I've been working out a little bit more lately, trying to get back into my pre-dad bod. Be careful. Um, Dude, well, no. So, like, the other day, and it's a lot of plyometrics, it started getting, like, I started to feel it a little sore. I was like, oh, boy. Better take off a couple days. (laughs) You're like eight days in. <laughs> I'm tired. I gotta be safe here. Number two. Are those pictures real of the setup, the amenities at the uh, women's tournament and the men's tournament? So it looks like it is real oh my because gosh. the NCAA has had to respond twice now to the allegations and everything. And so for those who don't know, it was trending on Twitter last night. Became a relatively big deal. Uh, it started with the NCAA Women's Tournament's weight room that which, was posted. Which was not good. Uh, it was not good. It was literally a uh, rack of dumbbells that you find up to, it looks like, potentially 12 and a half to 15 pounds. Um, one table and a couple of yoga mats. And that was it. And the, the men's weight room? The men's weight room was like a full-on it's like gym. 70 feet deep. Yep. It's Machines got everywhere. Barbells. It's got dumbbells. It's got cardio machines. It has everything you could imagine. And here's the problem, right? The problem is it. The problem is like the discrepancy in, in what you're giving the women and, and you know what the men have, right? And we can, you know, a lot of people are bringing up the money and how much it brings in, whatever. The problem becomes when the NCAA responds and says, oh, it's a matter of space, to which then immediately several women's players were like, oh, yeah, oh, this space? And then they show the entire gym, which is empty. So, like, that to me is – it's obviously a problem, like, when this kind of stuff happens, right? And then other things were popping up. You know, the gift bags that the women got. It was like a towel, a T-shirt, a scrunchie, and, like, a water bottle. And, like, the men were getting, like, Lysol white, like, just a whole bunch of other swag and all this stuff. But, like – when you as an organization in the NCAA come out and seemingly, on the surface, lie about what happened, right, in terms of why this is the way it is, that's when you get into, like, the now it looks like you're doing this on purpose. You're doing this from nefarious means. It looks pretty bad, though. Number one. 
So I joked yesterday we're in, like, day 32 of the uh, UNLV coaching search because, uh, you know, we told you a while back, February 15th, there was a good chance that Ops was gone. I heard a week ago. To Iowa State. Um, all right, the list of names is pretty deep. The wish list from fans is aggressive. You don't say. It, it's this way every time. It's this way every time. It's fun for Sports Talk Radio. John, your reaction? Because I've, I've also seen a lot of people – uh, say, you know what, hey, hey, here's reality. The job ain't good. I just saw uh, Ray Hager, who's a ball buster up in Reno, longtime newspaper guy. He's like, that job is no longer a good job. Uh, what do you say to the fans who are, you know, going pie in the sky and shooting for the stars? Relax. We've gone through this a thousand times. Okay. All right? Like, let's, let's chill. And it, this is an exaggeration, obviously, but, you know, Eric Musselman is not leaving Arkansas to come to UNLV, things like that. Too late. You yeah. missed the vote on that one. Right. You, you, those are the kind of things that it's just it amazes me every time. And it's not even so – like, there's there's obviously the massive names, right, that you're for some reason expecting that they're going to leave their much better job to come to UNLV because your inflated sense of what the job is at this point. But it's also like – you know, I was in that tweet thread, right, with all the names that you were putting up on Twitter and everything like that. Mm-hmm. The multiple people who were like willing to overlook what Greg Marshall did at Wichita State to bring him in at the cost of what just winning games? Like, are you serious? Well, that's but that's the sad part of UNLV UNLV situation right now, John. Is that there are fans who feel just completely desperate. I, but and, they, and they all, I, I honestly, I don't think they read the stories. They don't the, really know what Marshall did. Of course, and, and there's probably a very, 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 very minute sample who are just like, no, I don't care, I just want to win. Right. But it's just to me, it's we've gone through this a lot. And I think part of the problem around the program since day, and, and actually we include the Dave Rice era in this, the inflated sense of where this program should be has led them down a road that has ultimately led us here to today, right? And this is like, I would, I just feel like at some point, would you learn the lesson and bring in, and you know, want to bring in a guy with a potential high ceiling that could potentially develop the team, build something larger, have patience with the results not expect to get back to Final Fours in the first two weeks of a season, things like that. Like, those are the kind of things that I think the fan base kind of starts to need to take into account with these sort of things. Like, for example, I think we can really have a conversation about T.J. Altsberger and whether or not you like him, right? But you and I talked about this a lot. You know, I was at every single game his first year. You know, you and I did the pregame show every single game. That year I was really connected with the program and watching it. I don't think there's any argument how good of a job he did down the stretch with that team, with developing that team, with making them better on a night-to-night basis. And yet all you hear after he's gone is, garbage, they saved us, thank God. Like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, you have to have some nuance when you view what's going on with your basketball program. And I feel like this fan base has not had that for a really long time. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. You love it. Who was that? Ari, how about some research on that one? I forget who it was. Okay. Okay. That was Sarah Silverman. No. Was it? 
If it was, then that's acceptable. I thought it was a real singer. So she was kidding around. Okay, all right. Yeah, we keep, we, we keep playing that because it was one year ago today that we had that as a rejoiner. Imagine that stupid mashup by Gail Godot that people just crushed her on. By the way, I had a whole line about Gail Godot in a bad year. Like, if you thought that was going to be the uh, rock bottom for the year, then her movie came out, The Wonder Woman, what, 1984? Oh. I've, I've never seen a movie, like, universally destroyed by people. That movie was so lame. And this is Why was of, it so bad? I'm not going to watch it now, but why was it so bad? So, and I loved the first Wonder Woman. I thought it was a great movie. But this one was, there was, there's a lot of issues that I have with it, including the fact that she started swinging from the clouds on her freaking lasso. But my major problem was the 1920s World War One pilot being brought back from the dead and then knowing how to fly a jet in today's age. Oh, wow. It's ridiculous. Also, there wasn't that much fighting. Like, come on, let's go. Superhero movie. <laughs> it's got to be more fighting. <laughs> Updates right now. Houston, two seed, in a little better position. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Rockets. I was like, yeah, they're up by one. Then, uh, <laughs> then Ohio State is. Well, Ohio State lost. They're out of the tournament. Houston's still playing. It's 42-31 against Cleveland State, 215 matchup. 17 and a half minutes left in that one. Uh, Carolina is kind of hanging on here, avoiding a complete blowout, but they were down 16 at the half against Wisconsin. They're now down 15. 16 and a half. 16. Uh, they're now down 15 inside of 12 minutes, so they're going to need to make some threes to get back into this one, and now it's down to uh, 13. So hanging around, hanging around. With the Okie State update? O- Okie State was eight last I saw. What is it now? 58-52, 3.57 left to go in the second half. All right. Cade Cunningham, this bum, only six points, three rebounds, one assist. One of five from the uh, three-point range, two of ten from the floor. By the way, I didn't want to mention earlier with Oklahoma State when they were really struggling in the game that uh, they're actually one of my final four picks. I tried to get a little wacky with one of the brackets. I was, when I looked up, I'm like, oh, I, I was the one who was mocking on Ohio State being in people's final fours. So we'll see if uh, Cade Cunningham can get it done here. That's in the Midwest region. Liberty's a good program. Uh, very good in both football and basketball. Right. Right? And uh, we've mentioned that Richie McKay, the head coach, is a candidate at a lot of places. Including UNLV. He's on the list of 65, which I've been told is 64 because I think I doubled up a name. I think I had Matt Langle. Of all, of all the names on the list, the Colgate coach, I think I listed him twice. Well, and as I told you, you forgot to add God to that list, so put him on there. So you're back to 65. That'll be an addition tonight. Uh, results from earlier today that may have been a surprise. Uh, Utah State could not hang in the long run with Texas Tech. It was a 65-53 final. Utah State led by three at the half, but Texas Tech's defense is good, and they just crushed them in the second half. We're going to give out some plays for the games this evening in just a little bit. You know what? We're up against it. We went long with the big uh, big five, so let's uh, pay some bills here. And then I I gotta get to one last point about this week with Otzelberger. Couple couple final points with Otzelberger going to Iowa State, and uh, you know some of the revisionist history about what actually went down the last couple of years. Visit Cofield's Corner on LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews.
for Drexel from the field. Kevin, an, an extremely impressive performance by Illinois. They're the number one seed. You expect an extremely impressive performance, but you don't always get it. But these guys were, they were really something, and they were entertaining while doing it. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Yeah, that was easy. Man, I don't know why I, uh, well, I'm not going to change my mind because they beat freaking Drexel. That was on CBS. Illinois beats Drexel. But uh, I pushed back, John, against uh, putting Illinois in the Final Four just because they were such a hot pick. I don't know why I make selections like that. Like, I'm going to go against the public on the brackets. But what did you think of Illinois coming into the tournament? I I mean, look, I think, again, when you have an elite guard when it comes to college basketball, right, you have a chance. And uh, Desumu is one of those guys uh, who can lead a team. Uh, from the backcourt, and by the way, as we know, because Adam Hill started the infatuation with Brandon Underwood many years ago, yeah. uh, very good head coach at that coach. In, in a sport which is, frankly, overcoached. So I think they are deserving, obviously, of the seed, but I think they're also deserving of the hype that is behind them, 100%. I also want multiple guys, late shot clock, end of game, right. who, if I do have to go one-on-one, can dominate or you know make plays, and is one of them. And Trent Frazier's a really good player as well. He's small, but uh, lefty, and he can get a shot. And then the other thing is, there's an X factor uh, because depending on how the game is officiated, if you're not allowed to touch their big man, yep. Kofi Coburn, then you're screwed. And then there, these guys are. It's inexplicable how officials carry, you know, handle each game. You could have a guy out there who's seven foot two seventy five, and you brush him, and you're going to get five fouls. We saw it at the end of the Ohio State game in regulation. Yep. Right, the final Oral Roberts possession in regulation to tie the game was a post up that led to two free throws that tied the game. Weird Raiders news in uh, the league. Remember, remember that pick that the uh, NFL took away as part of uh, the, the fines and penalties yes. against uh, the Raiders and COVID. Raiders, well, for how they handled COVID. They actually got the sixth-round pick back. So now here's their total haul of picks. First-round pick at 17. They've got a second and 48. Two threes back-to-back again, 79 and 80. A fourth uh, and two fifths because they got an extra fifth for – Gabe Jackson, a third for Rodney Hudson. So I, I thought they did a good job with that. If they were just going to cut those guys and they actually got a little bit of value, that's solid. Oh. Right? That'll set them up for the draft. Now they got to draft the right guy. So we'll get into what they need to draft. Obviously, we've got a lot of time before the NFL draft. Um, interesting write-up, John, in the RJ, the latest update from Sam Gordon, who's uh, leading the charge on uh, or in the RJ on what's going to happen now that Alzenberger's gone. He talked to a couple of boosters. Uh, one said, um, well, he says here, exp- the uh, booster expresses disappointment with the current state of affairs. Quote, finishing seventh in the Mountain West is disappointing for everybody involved in the program. It's one thing for San Diego State and UNR to be better than UNLV, which, by the way, <laughs> I, it, Reno being better is not, you know. At, you know what? At least the booster uh, did call Nevada, UNR. But anyway, he said it's another for Utah State, Boise State, Colorado State, and Wyoming, and and he's right. He's right. And those those teams, uh, we'll we'll see how the rosters work out. They arguably have all all of them have better bases, and that was before Otzelberger went. They 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 all have good young players. Another booster said I'm extremely, and this is Bill Paulus who's got his name on the floor, and he is really one of the big donors and supporters of the program. He said I'm extremely disappointed in the program. At this exact point in time, on a number of fronts, this next hire has to be pretty amazing and has to come with players. Ooh, okay. It has to be an A-plus guy. It can't be, quote, we're just going to hire some assistant coach from someplace and bring him in. Sam Gordon updated his list 
of coaches that may be interested or on DRF's list. One of the top new names, John, is Tony Stubblefield. He's an assistant at Oregon. Don't, nope, don't want him. Can't get him, right? Got to be a name. Got to be able to recognize the name because that's what's going to fix things. There has never, Steve, I don't know about you, Steve. I don't think I've ever heard of an assistant actually taking a head coaching job and developing into being a very good head coach. Yeah, I, thought, I thought you were actually, you were shooting it down. Um, there's a lot about Stubblefield that's good. I mean, the biggest thing is we all watch how Oregon recruits, right? Mm-hmm. So they collect players, and they're great with transfers. So I don't think it's a name that people expected to be in the mix, but I will guarantee you that he's somewhere in the mix. But, again, like, so I have two kind of problems with these quotes, right? Like, one is, again, it might be – maybe it's unfair that I'm doing this. The first quote, right? All I hear from that is, you need a name. So a name is going to fix the problems around UNLV? And what is the name that is going to change things? And the other part that kind of irritates me, and we've had this discussion over the years since I've been with the station, right, going back to the Rice thing, got to come with players. You had an entire team ready to compete, ready to come back when you were under Menzies. That wasn't good enough, so you wanted to fire him, got rid of him. You go get T.J. Altsberger. There's no nuance to what happened in the first season and the improvement that that team made. He leaves after this season. But remember, when it came with Dave Rice, what was the primary complaint? It was blue chippers who didn't want to stick around. You need four or five-year guys. So, again, we're years from that, but it's this ebb and flow and up and down, and what are we doing anymore when, in the end of the day, who cares about a big name? Get a guy who's going to be good at the job and is going to develop these guys. Like, for example, you know, the names that are all out there. Like Kevin Kruger, I think, would be a pretty solid head coaching candidate. And you have the opportunity to then get him at a price where he, not even at a price, at a point in his career where he is going to get his first shot, could potentially be very good, and you have the added benefit of him having the tie to the program and he'll stick around. And the other problem that I have is, like, and I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm misreading, like, your perception of the quote. Is it really that out of this world that teams like Colorado State are ahead of you when they trusted a coach like Medved to come in, develop that program, recruit young kids, develop them, and then take them to where they were? Like, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. You yeah. could tell me I'm wrong. But, like, when I hear quotes like that, it's just like this like this circle that you're going around again and again and again. Blue chippers and rice weren't good enough. The four, the, you know, the roster that you had coming back with Menzies wasn't good enough. Like, which one is it going to be? Can I read you something from the Iowa State side that really irked me? Yeah. Uh, Jamie Pollard said, at UNLV, Otzelberger inherited a program that hadn't won more than 12 games in the Mountain West since 1993. Um, think about that. That's 27 years ago. And TJ, in his first year at UNLV, he inherited a program where he had to let some young men go. He brought in a couple of grad transfers for one year. He mentions Nas Long, uh, that, you know, his brother Elijah Mitru. And he won 12 games and finished second in the Mountain West Conference. Marvin Menzies won 11. Right. He won 11 the year before. And on the he had to let guys go. Did he? No, he didn't. They couldn't retain JTT. They couldn't retain Tomboy. They had a chance to keep Shakur Justin around, you know, whether you believe he was, you know, most most of the feet were out the door. Um, they pushed Trey Woodbury out of the program. They pushed Ben Coupette out of the program. So, like, it, it irked me often over the last two years when it was like, new roster. Right. But you push guys out. <laughs> because you wanted it. 
And then the this year, all year, eight new players. Jonah Antonio was your guy. Get out. Donnie Tillman you brought in. Get out. Yep. Like it was a new roster because of the way they decided to construct it. And I'm not saying every player was, you know, the, the ability to retain him may not have been there. I also, I still don't know what happened with Amari Hardy. You got the vibe two years ago that they didn't want him. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to Oregon. So I, I like, I think Ots did a good job, especially in the last two thirds of the, the, uh, you know, the first season. But this whole roster thing where it's like, he got all new players. In a lot of ways, that's what he chose. And I already told you, Coupette moved on, averaged like 11 points a game over two years at Little Rock. Trey Woodbury, I mean, they, they didn't have a lot of shooting options. Trey Woodbury averaged 15 points a game at Utah Valley. It's a lower level. Could he, could he have been seven points a game off the bench shooting threes? Could Jonah Antonio, who was brought in, been retained? Like, he had some limitations on defense, but... I also think he would have shot a lot better in his second year. I, I, Juco sometimes just don't get it for the first, like, two-thirds of the year. So, listen, I'm not – I like Altelberger. I think he could have done a good job here. Mm-hmm. By the way, Oklahoma State's closing things out. 30 seconds left. They're trying to cover. I was going to say the cover is uh, on the line here. 69-60 with 25 seconds left. So, I'm not trying to bash the guy on his way out of town. But I also think you got to be fair to the players. you got to be fair to what Menzies did the year before and what he left behind, what was available. This was not some trash heap that, you know, he had to put together. Some of it was their roster construction. So I understand the Iowa State AD is trying to build up his guy. Oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> Listen to that. That's awesome. 69-60, Oklahoma State wins. I mean, Your boy game, gets there. The game was not in doubt at all at the end, but Liberty falls. And uh, Oklahoma State is going to move on. Can I, can I ask you with it? The name that sticks out to me in this whole thing yeah. that I think would be really good for the program, and I want to get your thoughts on it because you, you follow it much more closely, I, I think Todd Simon would be really good for him if he's willing to come back. I thought when he took over his interim, he did a great job. You saw X's and O's and on-court adjustments with the personnel. I think he's done a really good job where he's at right now. We know he can recruit. He's familiar with the program. There seems to be some around that, yeah. but I would be totally down with something like that. I think he's a good candidate. I just don't think that he's going to be in the top five. Okay. Oh, I think he'd be willing. Okay. Uh, he was here. He knows the resources that are here. He, he, you know, he knows, and he'd be a guy who would actually, he'd want, I think he'd want to stay for a while. Right. He, he can definitely recruit. He can he can cobble together a roster with uh, with transfers, and um, he he had some he had some big names visiting that last year. You know, on his way out, he's a good candidate. I just don't know if he's really in the mix. Yeah. You know. And some of it is. You have to look at the way the Rice era ended of course. and the power struggle on the coaching staff and why Todd got the interim spot and who was behind him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure uh, that that person has the same power or or there's much of a desire to potentially give that person power again. I was going to say because uh, the steps that ultimately <laughs> followed and everything. Yeah. Well, I was, the, the, I mean, from beginning and, you know, the guy getting fired on, I think it was like January, whatever it was, 14th of 2016. It was just... It was a mess. It was a mess. I think there's a lot of hope, though, that if uh, you know they have a, a list that's you know kind of pared down to a realistic four or five, that they could get something done by the middle of next week. And I think that's really important, whether it's Kevin Kruger or someone else from outside the program. I, I think it's really important to keep a lot of the roster together. All right, grab bag is on the way, and we'll get you an update here. As uh, the Cougars, if you pick uh, Houston to go to the Final Four as a two seed, they're pretty comfy. 
The Cofield and Company crew is back tonight at 10.30. It's the DC and the Sunshine Man podcast with Dave Koken. Watch at Steve Cofield on Twitter or on YouTube. Cofield and Company presents... Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Put your hand in there, Dave. Westgate is the spot. Come on down. At least three different massive uh, locations throughout the property to watch the NCAA tournament. This is the spot all weekend long and all the way through Monday. Remember, end of the weekend is actually Monday because we got started you know, later with the tournament with an official field of 64 start on a Friday. So we've got uh, Houston, a big 215 matchup, 63-35. That's on Cleveland State. Wisconsin still around 14, 15-point lead, 245 left against North Carolina. Whiskey, a slight dog, 76-62. And North Texas-Purdue is going down to the wire. I'm just going to say it's going to – now it's going to sound like, you know, oh, you're just saying this because of the scores. I watched a lot of Big Ten basketball this year. You know that. You know, rooting for Rutgers. I thought the really good team – really good teams were. It's a deep conference. Really good teams were Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, and Wisconsin. Right? I think there's a lot of people who disagree with me in Iowa. I didn't think Ohio State was that good, um, and I didn't think Purdue was that good. So I don't know if that explains what's going on with Purdue right now against North Texas. Ohio State You're just saying that is out. Lose. Um, so I'm going to watch my Scarlet Knights tonight at 620. Uh, I think I've told the story before a million times now, but I'll reiterate. Um, I was there when they made the NCAA tournament. I actually got to call the game on student radio. In Atlanta in 1991, and I'm telling you, John, when I when I called the game, and I, I don't, I wasn't a lead announcer, but whatever, we rotated. They played Arizona State. They lost by three. They were going to play Arkansas next. It was an eight-nine game. I'm telling you, at the time, I was like, I mean, we are going to make the tournament. This is like a normal thing. Thirty years. Yeah. It shows like bad, bad administration, bad coaching decisions, no support money-wise. You can suck for a long time anywhere, but you can also be good anywhere for a long time if you get support. So. That was actually, you know, what we did, we um, we we uh, we got the the trip sponsored right by some different businesses in the area. We actually drove to Atlanta from New Jersey, right? We're hoping to do two games there. We'll see what happens, right? Then we drove to Florida and actually called Rutgers baseball games and like did a whole spring training trip. It's cool. actually a really cool trip. But now that I look back at it, I'm like, my God. I've heard the uh, 30 years of the NCAA tournament absence. I've heard the old Steve Cofield footage. Rutgers uh, basketball. That was a little bit different back then. <laughs> a little bit different back then. All right, enjoy the games tonight. I have San Diego State against Syracuse. I know a lot of you guys like Syracuse.